It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another Round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you have a warning to Iran, to Hezbollah? I think they've uh, understood that if they enter the war in a significant way, the response will be very, very powerful. And I hope they don't make that mistake. Thanks to that new poll from the Times, we already know he's struggling in even before this war. Could this war cost him re-election? Yes, it could. Do you know how many miles he traveled on Amtrak? And I said, no, he said a million. I think it was 320,000 miles. Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. All right, thanks, Scott Shannon. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show. Toll free, it's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, We have James Comer, the House Oversight Committee, on tonight. Um, As we now have the House Oversight and Accountability Committee uh, they are now moving forward in their investigation into the Biden family syndicate, if you will. And they have now sent out subpoenas for interviews for Hunter Biden, for James Biden, which is Joe's brother, and for Rob Walker. Uh, we're also expecting many more letters to be sent out as well for other people so that they will go in and they will have to testify. These subpoenas are going to go out left, right and sideways in the days to come. Uh, I know it's taken a long time in some people's minds, but in the case of Congressman Comer, what he has wanted to do is he wanted to get to the bottom of this and he wanted to follow the money. And this is where he found now 10, if you include Joe Biden, 10 Biden family members have been paid what he is describing and their business associates and their companies over $24 million just from China, Russia, Ukraine, Romania and Kazakhstan 
itself. I mean, that is a massive amount of money. So now the president's son, the president's brother, other Biden family associates uh, connected to the record and the evidence obtained by that committee is is now going to have a lot of substantive questions based on what they have discovered up to this point. Now, this investigation is going in tandem with what is happening in the House Ways and Means Committee and Jason Smith, but also with the House Judiciary Committee, and that is the issue of whether or not the Department of Justice and the FBI have been weaponized and whether they've been protecting Biden family members. Now, for example, Daily Caller has a piece out. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, who's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, has uncovered new evidence showing that top FBI officials actually ordered a field agent to monitor and, when necessary, censor conservative material that they considered disinformation. And by the way, some of the censored material, my name is directly associated with it. I was on the list to censor information. On top of that, we know in the lead up to the 2020 election that the FBI was meeting weekly with big tech uh, companies, warning them they may be victims of a disinformation campaign. And that disinformation campaign may be about Hunter Biden or, or Joe Biden. Now, the FBI, we now know they knew in December of 2019, but likely probably earlier about Hunter Biden's laptop. By March of 2019, they knew about the laptop. By March of 2020, they had. You know, they they found it to be authentic and confirmed it to be authentic. And yet they're warning all these big companies. And then specifically when companies like then Twitter and Facebook actually asked the FBI, is this Hunter Biden laptop story true? They would not give them an answer. All right. Here to put it all together, as only he can, as the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, our friend Jim Jordan is with us. Sir, how are you? I'm fine, Sean. Um by the way, can you explain to me who targeted me and tried to censor me? Because I've already had thousands of my personal text messages released uh, to the public. Uh, I have no privacy in this country anymore. Personally, I find it offensive, but I don't think I have any recourse, do I? Uh, other than us exposing this and, and them stopping it, and, and they're, that is beginning to happen, uh, that, that they are, I think, pulling back. And I don't think you're going to see this kind of stuff take place in the 2024 election, as you described, that took place in 2020. But it was your, here's the kicker, Sean. They were censoring your stuff and using your tax money to do it, because these were government agencies partnering with big academia and big tech to set up this system, this software system, where they, they basically had this dashboard where they say, take down this tweet, limit the visibility of this post, and, and it was... It was President Trump. It was Sean Hannity, Mike Huckabee, Molly Hemingway. I mean, you just go down the list of conservatives, and it was disproportionately conservatives that they that they targeted. Now, we got the good case uh, that, that's happened in the Fifth Circuit, that good decision. I think it's going to go to the Supreme Court, and we'll get, a good, I think, a good ruling there to limit these agencies' ability to do this. There's been a story in the Washington Post saying that universities are backing off of this because we've called so many of them in, it's costing them – you know, uh, attorney fees to come in when we ask them questions and we were able to do all this and expose what they're doing and, and put that out there with that report earlier this week. So I think we're making real progress here. And that's important as we head into this next election. Let me let me get to the heart of this. Based on what Comer is doing in his committee and based on what you're discovering in your committee and the DOJ now tightening rules for prosecutors when probing Congress. OK, that's only part of it. But we also have the Daily Caller had this unearthed emails showing the stonewalling. The FBI agent had orders from the Bureau's officials to censor 
But then it goes further. You had a closed door interview meeting with David Weiss. He's the special prosecutor now. That was only recently that that happened. And it turns out that he corroborated what the IRS whistleblowers had to say and that he did not have the charging authority that I believe under oath that the attorney general said that he did have. Did the attorney general not go before Congress and say that that, in fact, he had the authority to to charge in other jurisdictions? Yeah, he said it. And so did David Weiss in his initial letter to me where he said he had the ultimate authority to determine when, where and whether to bring any charges against Hunter Biden. But during the deposition, he was directly asked, did you ever seek special attorney status, which would have given him the status under Section 515 of the code, given him the status to take a case and prosecute it in some other United States attorney's district? He, he was asked, did you ever request that? His answer was, yes, I did in the spring of 2022. And here's the, here's the important fact. He requested that <clears throat> from Department of Justice, the main Justice Department, just prior to going to the District of Columbia U.S. Attorney and asking, would you partner with me on the prosecution? So he asked to get that power before he went. When he goes there, the district attorney says, no, I'm not going to partner with you. And then he never got that status until just this August when he requested it, of course, after the whole case uh, fell apart with the plea agreement. So that directly confirms what whistleblower Gary Shapley told us. Their testimony has stood up after we've done seven different depositions now, and all the information we've uncovered, the whistleblower's testimony has been confirmed and validated every single time. Is Are any of these facts wrong? Did the FBI have a copy of Hunter Biden's laptop in December of 2019? Is that correct? That's correct. Did they corroborate its authenticity in March of 2020? Is that correct? Correct. Okay, then can you explain to this this country... If they knew the laptop was real, they also knew, and correct me if I'm wrong, that the likes of Rudy Giuliani and others had copies of this Hunter Biden laptop. Is that true? Mm-hmm. So then why would FBI agents be meeting weekly in the months leading up to the 2020 election, warning all of these big tech companies they may be a victim of a disinformation campaign and specifically told it may be about Joe Biden and it may be about Hunter Biden? Um, uh, was that pre-bunking a very real and true story that they probably knew if they have any political sense at all would be extremely damaging to Joe Biden's presidential aspirations? Well, that's what I think. That's what you think. I think that's what your audience thinks. I think that's what most common sense Americans think. They would tell you, uh, people in the, in the in national security and, and intelligence communities would tell you, well, we knew Russia tried to interfere with previous elections. We thought it was going to happen again. So they will go back to that as their, as their talking point and, 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 the, and the point they make. Because, frankly, they did that when we interviewed Mr. Clapper, Mr. Brennan, and, and others who were associated with those 51 people who signed that letter. That but, but, but in light of the fact that they knew it was authentic and they knew it was true and they knew it was real, and yet they're warning big tech that they may be a victim and a, a, of misinformation about Joe and Hunter, and then when they knew the truth and these companies went to them, they, want, they were being responsible. They said, you've been warning us about this. Is the laptop story published in the New York Post true? They wouldn't give them an answer. Why not? Here's what's, here's what's funny, and we've discovered this in depositions. There was one point where one, one agent said, yes, we, it's, it's accurate. We have the laptop. And then in a subsequent meeting that same day, and this is right when the New York Post story comes out, October 14th, 2020, that same day, there's another meeting later that day with Facebook people, and they say no comment. So someone slipped up right away, and then they backed off of it, and then later confirmed with each other that the government did. And the next time they got asked later that day, they said no comment. But they did keep that information. Here's the other thing, Sean. 
They not only kept it from them when it happened, when, when Scott Brady, the U.S. attorney in the Western District of, of Pennsylvania, was tasked in, in early 2020, January 3rd, 2020, with filtering all information related to Hunter Biden and Ukraine, he was tasked with that job. He went to the FBI, give me that information. It'll filter through me as the attorney general wants me to do. And then I'll get it to, I'll get it to David Weiss or the Southern District of New York, wherever they have a grand jury and they're looking at possible prosecution. They never told him about the laptop. We asked him about this two weeks ago. We said, when did you learn about the laptop? And he got this smile on his face. He said, I learned about it when you did, when it came out in the press on October 14, 2020. I'm like, they didn't share that with you? Did that surprise you? Go, yes, it surprised me. It surprised the agents we had working on the case, the U.S. attorneys we had working on the case. So they kept it from him as well. And he was supposed to be the clearinghouse for all information related to Hunter Biden and Ukraine. Quick break, right back. We'll continue our final moments with the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, Jim Jordan, on the other side. And then your calls, Ted Cruz, and much more. We continue now with the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, our final moments with Jim Jordan. How do you react to the stories just out yesterday and today that Hunter Biden, through his attorneys, wants uh, his father's Justice Department, DOJ, to investigate uh, smoking gun witness Tony Bobolinsky. That's one. That's number one. Number two, Hunter's scandal. You know, his attorney again is asking the speaker, Speaker Johnson, to cancel your investigation, Jason Smith's investigation, and James Comer's investigations into the Biden family completely. Now, why would they do that? Considering. We've discovered all these shell corporations, 10 Biden family members now, Comer believes, have been paid $24 million just from the countries that I mentioned, China, Russia, Ukraine, Romania, Kazakhstan. Uh, why would you stop your investigation under any circumstances? Because what we're talking about here is, did Joe Biden take actions that benefited his family or himself? Uh, and in the case of Burisma, using taxpayer money to do it. Yeah, I, I think you hit on it right there, Sean. The reason they, they're they're making these moves is because they know this this story is so so the, the country gets it. The storyline is as simple as it gets. Politician takes actions that benefit his family financially, and then there's an effort to sweep it under the rug. And the effort to sweep it under the rug is all the things we've been talking about, all the things David Weiss did. I mean, he's been at this now almost six years, uh, investigation for for that long a time. And, and yet finally get special counsel status, lets the statute of limitations lapse for the years when, the, when Hunter Biden... The year, the Burisma years. Yeah, the Burisma years, because that would go right back to the White House. So, so that's the, the basic storyline, and of course they're going to push back in any way they can, because the country gets it. This is a tale as old as time. This is a, a story as old as the Hills. Politician is doing certain things that benefit his family financially, and then there's an effort to, to conceal it. All right, let's go through another timeline because I think the most damning, the two most damning cases are Burisma, an oil giant in Ukraine, and gas and oil giant in Ukraine, and the CEFC, the 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 oil giant out of China. And if we start with Burisma, what do we know? And correct me if any of these dates are wrong. It became official Obama administration policy. They they came to believe interagency. Uh, consensus that Ukraine had made enough progress on the issue of corruption that warranted a billion dollars in loan guarantees. Uh, Let's fast forward. We're still in the year 2015. Uh, In December, Joe Biden gets a call from his son, Hunter, and two Burisma executives. This is around the time that they were panicked and they desperately needed D.C. help. Now, D.C. help certainly couldn't come from Hunter. Uh, That would have to come from Joe. Five days after that phone call with Burisma execs, 
and Hunter, uh, Joe goes to give the the billion dollars in loan guarantees, and that's when he famously bragged that uh, you know that you know I gave him six hours to fire the prosecutor. Son of a bee, they did it. We also learned that Hunter had no experience in Ukraine oil, gas, or energy, and we that as a result of Joe's decision, Hunter continued to get paid. Now, is that bribery? Well, that's what it, that's what I think it, it, it certainly looks like, Sean. It, it, uh, I always say that it's four, it's four facts. Hunter Biden gets put on the board of Burisma. Fact two, he's not qualified to be on the board. Fact three is what you just pointed out. The Burisma executives on December 4th, 2015 say, hey, we need you to take some action. We need you to do something. We're under a lot of pressure. Can you help relieve that? He immediately then calls his dad. This is Devin Archer in his testimony. What does he do next? He calls his dad. He calls his dad. Five days later, his dad is in Ukraine and starts the process, gives the speech, goes after the prosecutor, gets the prosecutor fired, and threatens and says, I will hold up the money that had already been approved by the interagency policy committee, had been approved by the State Department. They'd already said, go ahead with it. European Union said, go ahead. They were for this as, as well, said the prosecutor was doing a good job. He holds that up to get this prosecutor fired at the request of the very people Hunter Biden's getting paid millions of dollars for. And, and he's on TV bragging about it. We're going to hold Jim Jordan over, and, or I have a couple more questions. He's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. I mean, this is now hitting critical mass, and I don't see how the Bidens get out of this. We'll explain that on the other side. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. We'll get to your calls as well as we continue. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I miss her. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. 
and McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to Season 2 of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. We have more insightful conversations between myself, Paul Muldoon, and Paul McCartney about his life and career. It was 20 years ago today. We had a big bear of a man, it's called Mal Evans, who's on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. I said, what? Sergeant Pepper. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Five to the top of the hour. Congressman Jim Jordan continues with us in a second. Quick reminder, Phoenix Capital Group would like you to sign up for their free educational webinar today. You can go to phoenixonhannity.com. Uh, and right now they are connecting private investors like you with investments in tangible oil and gas assets, mostly on the state level, but they'll explain all of that to you. And currently now those investing in these high-yield corporate bonds are gaining and yielding 9 to 13% annual interest with monthly payments, multiple options, different rates, and different terms you can choose from. And anyway, you can sign up for their free educational webinar right now. Just go to phoenixonhannity.com. And as always, before making any investment decision, you must always carefully consider and review any and all risk involved. Learn how you can diversify your portfolio, now yielding 9 to 13% annual interest with the Phoenix Capital Group. Take their free educational webinar, do your due diligence, and just go to phoenixonhannity.com to sign up. 
All right, we continue with the House uh, Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, who is with us. All right, so we just went over the Burisma example. Let me go to the other example, and I want to highlight something that is very important, and that is in the process of this story unfolding, there was a moment when Hunter Biden went on Good Morning America, and he said on Good Morning America that he had, you know, absolutely no, that he had absolutely... He said on Good Morning America that he had absolutely no experience in energy, oil, gas, Ukraine. And, uh, you know, it was pretty shocking. And then one has to ask, go, how are you making all of this money sitting on a board in Burisma? And then we discover later, and I'll get this to this next question in a second with Jim Jordan. Then he's making money doing oil deals with the biggest oil and gas giant in China connected to the Chinese government. But this is what Hunter said on Good Morning America. There's been a, a, a lot of misinformation about me, not about my dad. Nobody buys that, but it buys this idea that I was unqualified to be on the board. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Boyce Schiller Flexner, one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though. Uh, no, but I think that I had as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board, if not more. In the list that you gave me of the reasons why you're on that board, you did not list the fact that you were the son of the Of course, person. yeah. No, I, what I, role do you think that played? I think that it is impossible for me to be on any of the boards that I just mentioned without saying that I'm the son of the vice president of the United States. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. Now, let's go to the WhatsApp message issue. This is with the Chinese oil conglomerate, the CEFC. Congressman Jordan, correct me if I'm wrong, but that WhatsApp message directly implicates Hunter and his father. I am sitting here with my father mm-hmm. and 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 they're both mad that they that the CEFC did not keep their commitment to them. Uh, and then he goes through a long list between everybody that my father knows and my ability to hold the grudge. You are going to regret not keeping your commitment. And we're waiting for your call. My father and I are waiting for your call right now. Well, five days later, James Comer confirmed it again last night. Five million dollars was sent to one of these shell corporation accounts of the Bidens. Now, he doesn't have any experience in this field. Why on earth would they be paying him or Joe or grandchildren or any one of 10 different Biden family members this massive amount of money? Why would they be paying them when you don't have experience? I'd love that job. Pay me that money. I'd love 10 million. I'd love to get paid millions with no experience. Yeah, I mean, he got it because he said why he got it. He got it because of his last name. And here and, and what's more. His business partner confirmed that in his deposition under oath in front of us a few months back. You're talking about Devin Archer. What did he confirm to you? He said they were selling the brand. And who is the brand? What is the brand? The brand is Joe Biden. And then you have the WhatsApp messages you just brought up, Sean. The brand is sitting right beside the guy on the phone. He's sitting beside him because the guy on the phone, Hunter Biden, says, the guy sitting beside me is between the two of us. We're going to make life tough for you. And I'm paraphrasing, but they go through that WhatsApp message. So that is the brand. That is what was always for sale. That is that politician providing access, it looks like, 
taking actions based on what happened with Burisma and the prosecutor general in Ukraine so that his family benefits financially. And we asked Jonathan Turley this under oath in, in, the, in a hearing uh, two months back. We said, is a benefit to your family a benefit to you? And he said, of course it is, particularly when you're an older uh, an older person and you're looking to make sure your family, trying to help your family have the resources for their kids, their grandkids. That, that is exactly. So, of course, it's a benefit there. That is what's going on here, it seems to me based on the evidence we've uncovered. Now, remember, in the Judiciary Committee, you're asking a very important question, whether or not we have a two-tier justice system. You're asking other questions, uh, whether or not the Biden family was protected by the Department of Justice. Uh, you're asking, you know, other important questions about the weaponization of justice in America. Now, let me let me go back to the testimony that you just referred to, and that's Devin Archer, because, correct me if I'm wrong, he testified that Joe Biden had called into at least 20 meetings with Hunter being there and their foreign business partners. Now, that directly contradicts what Joe Biden has said, both as a candidate and as a president, when he's, he repeated it often. He said this. Hey, president, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. And what I will do is the same thing we did in our administration. There will be an absolute wall between personal and private uh, and, and the government. Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas Yes, I stand by that statement. How involved were you in your son's Chinese shakedown text message? Were you sitting there? Were you involved? No, I wasn't. Were you? No. The only thing I can do is make up things about my family. It's not going to go very far. There's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you... We're on speakerphone a lot with them, talking business. Is that what? I've never talked business in anybody. And I, I know you'd have a lousy question. Well, what do you, it's, why is that a lousy question? Because it's not true. So I ask you, Jim Jordan, did, did Joe Biden as a candidate and as a president flat out lie when he said he never spoke to his son, brother, or anybody for that matter about their foreign business dealings? Of course, the facts, the facts show that, he, that all those things were not accurate. He, he said... Time and time again, I, I didn't have no – we know he was at dinners. We know he was at meetings. He was at a dinner for several hours with the, the wealthiest uh, lady in, in Russia, the, the wife of the former mayor of Moscow. Elena Baterina is her name, and that's at the Cafe Milano, a Russian oligarch, correct? So, yes. And, and by the way, didn't that Russian oligarch that Joe had dinner with, didn't she invest $3.5 billion to, or give $3.5 million to the Biden family and over $100 million, according to Devin Archer, invested in their real estate uh, ventures? Yeah, and more importantly, she never wound up on any sanction list either. <laughs> so, yes, that, that, that is, that's another example where it looks like money came in. Joe Biden had contact, which, which goes directly against what he said to the press numerous times, including Peter Ducey there, your last, your last stuff you played. And then there's action that happens or doesn't happen in this case. No sanctions are imposed on this individual. Unbelievable. Tell me what else... What, what, is weaponized whether or not we have a two-tier system of justice where republicans are treated one way if your last name is trump for example versus your last name being clinton or biden uh yeah well I, no i was just gonna say so i think that's obvious based on what the whistleblowers brought forward they said they've never seen an investigation done this way they've never seen it slow walk like this they've never seen the statute of limitations lapse when you had that kind of tax liability that hunter biden had 
for those those tax years when he was receiving the income from Burisma and other sources as well in those those tax years. So you you have all that, and then you have the the multiple times the story changed from David Weiss, the multiple times the story has changed from the White House on on what involvement Joe Biden may or may not have had. So I, I do think that you see this this different standard, one set of rules for us regular guys, one set of rules if your last name is Trump and you're a conservative Republican like like President Trump, and a different set if your name is Clinton, Biden, Comey, those names. How do you, do you, do you see any way that the Biden family gets away with all of this in light of all the information uncovered by your committee, by the Oversight Committee, and by the Ways and Means Committee? Is there any way possible that they they that, that that they escape justice here well i mean our job is to get the facts out there to propose legislative solutions to limit how tax dollars are spent that's what we can do in the legislative branch and if we get to the point where we think this warrants going to articles of impeachment there's there's that response as well from the legislative uh, branch can we assume for a second everything we have now discussed in the last 30 minutes on this program are true is does that not meet the threshold for bribery, high crimes, misdemeanors? Well, uh, again, I want a complete investigation. I want to have it all in front of us before that decision is made. What I've said all along is this is a decision that the entire Republican conference has to be, has to make as a unit. I think we have to make that. I think we have to remain consistent to the Constitution. We have to do this in a deliberate way, unlike what the Democrats did to President Trump in 2019, where I was on the other side, defending President Trump from ridiculous stuff they did. And, but, oh, by the way. That all dealt with a, a supposedly holding up money for Ukraine based on one phone call. That was fine. I've got the transcript. You've looked at the transcript of that phone call. I almost have it memorized. Yeah, they impeached him for that. And, and here we have what, what happened with Burisma, Joe Biden. And there was a Washington Post story back in September that said when they got on the plane, when Joe Biden got on the plane on December 7th, who over there and gave that speech on December 9th, 2015, just five days after his son had asked him to weigh in and relieve the pressure that Burisma was under. When he did that on the flight over, Joe Biden called an audible. And he said, because the whole State Department, everyone was saying the, the money should go to Ukraine, the $1 billion, the loan should go there. Joe Biden decided, no, I'm going to I'm going to threaten that money. I'm going to use that as leverage to get this guy fired which seems to me to be exactly what his son asked him to do when he picked up the phone and called him after he got the request from the Burisma executive. That is, that, is, that, is, that is what happened, it looks like to me, and that is exactly what they accused President Trump of doing when he didn't do it. All right, quick break, right back. We'll continue with Jim Jordan. He has agreed to stay longer with us. Uh, more with him on the other side. We continue now with the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Our final moments with Jim Jordan. The last question. One thing I would argue that Hunter Biden has going for him, he does have a very good lawyer. And that lawyer was able to get Robert Menendez off in his first trial in New Jersey. I think he's representing him again. Uh, this is the same lawyer that got John Edwards uh, an acquittal. I'm not. I think a hung jury in his case. One was a acquittal, I believe. Uh, in in his case, uh, his name is Abby Lowell. He's a serious attorney. Uh, that seems to be the one thing working in his favor. But I would imagine facts become very difficult things for lawyers, don't they? I sure do, and that's that's our job is to uncover the facts, uh, and it's why uh, there there are more subpoenas going out today of people we want to talk to that we think are important. We want to talk to Eric Sherwin. Uh, we, one of Hunter Biden's business partners. By the way, isn't Eric Sherwin the guy that Hunter would email with because he was in charge of finances and ask questions about uh, which account he should use to pay for his father's home repairs? Yep. 
and and we went. I want to talk to this Kevin Morris, this guy who just came out of nowhere and says I'm going to pay Hunter Biden's tax. Uh, I'm going to talk to this guy. So there's a number of other people. We want to talk to some of the people who bought the art and dealt with Hunter Biden's art. How did that all play out? How did that all work? So there are there are key folks that we do want to talk to that we will. Uh, uh, Chairman Comer will be issuing subpoenas on um, here. I think soon. I I think this is now though hitting critical mass. It's hitting ahead here. And, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but, you know, you see this this judge in New York clinging to this this idiotic valuation of Mar-a-Lago at 18 million dollars in spite of all the evidence to the contrary. I mean, I put up on the screen on television, Congressman, uh, a two acre plot of land, just dirt, nothing on it for 200 million dollars. Uh, oceanfront property in Palm Beach. There's over 20 acres at Mar-a-Lago. You have the intercoastal and you have the beach, uh, the ocean, uh, and you have a club and it's a historic building and it's got 50 some odd be- bedrooms and 30 some odd bathrooms and every amenity you could ever want or imagine. Why would the judge cling to an $18 million valuation? How is that fair? Do you think Donald Trump can get fair trials in New York, in D.C., in the in the in Fulton County, Georgia? Because I I don't think he can. No, when you stand up to the swamp, they come after you. They got this crazy Fourteenth Amendment case in Colorado. They got the civil cases in New York. They got the the the, the state case in, in Atlanta, which is baloney. We know how baloney that was because we learned after she indicted nineteen people and President Trump, she was thinking about she actually literally contemplated indicting three United States. Uh, senators, including Lindsey Graham, the top Republican on the Judiciary Committee. And then you got Jack Smith in both Miami and in, in, in D.C. Like, of course, they're out to get presidential. I mean, the idea that Mar-a-Lago is only worth that. I, I, you've been there. I've been there. OK, so now these the all of these issues happened years ago, but they're going to have the trial in an election year. And I think if the president is going to have any shot at real justice and fairness, that would be on appeal. But any appeal is likely to be after the election. Is it time for that? Uh, it's all part. It's all part of their campaign. When when the Jack Smith trial in D.C. I think is slated to start early March. That's right. It's supposed to start the day before Super Tuesday. Yes, exactly. It is like it's just so. But here's the good news, and you know this because you, you talk to these people every day, to these great Americans every day who listen to your radio, listen to you at, on Fox at night. Um, the American people get it. They know what's going on. They know that's why when President Trump does a rally like he did last night, everybody shows up. I mean. The, the country gets that they are out to get him, just like they were out to get on Handy, just like they've come after me, uh, it, just like they wanted to censor your your post and tweets. That's what the country understands what is happening, and that's why I think one of the reasons President Trump is going to win in what now is what less a little less than a year. Jim Jordan, Chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. I know you've been very generous with your time, Congressman. Thank you. We appreciate it. This is very comprehensive, and I think it brings everybody. Uh, up to speed with where things are. This is really, really getting to a critical mass here. Uh, 800-941-SEAN is a number you want to be a part of the program. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane, and 
He said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Sergeant Pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.